Welcome back to Gear Z. My name is Ving, and this is the Sim Racing Podcast. And today we have Ash Vanderlei. I'm really proud of having Ash with us, and from all the talk that you're gonna have exploring how she started uh, exploring the main script uh, that we had for this episode, that was how to empower more the female voices in sim racing, and how we can make easy to accept them more on the community. That sometimes you know communities can be toxic, so it's quite really good to have her and to understand. And how, for example, I can, uh, we say, break my barriers too and uh, accept the negativity that sometimes can through the community too on my case. So it's really nice to have her here. More because probably if the 1% that don't know Ash, Ash Vanellay is content creator. She worked already with the GT Fanatec. She worked with the Red Bull. She's been doing such amazing job on the last years. She's based on America, but she has some heritage from Europe. I don't want to say wrong, but I think from Poland, if I'm correct. And, you know, she is amazing on her content. I think she is a voice for the new generation in terms of uh, Instagram and in terms of what she brings to the table. Her content is always very informative, very entertainment, a lot of fun facts. And she, for example, is, I think, one of the faces for the new to bring new uh, life from probably from Europe to America in terms of IndyCar and NASCAR. I think what she does is really, really good. To start, I will waffle a little bit and talk about what is my take and what we didn't talk with Ash and what we forgot to talk because sometimes I forgot my stuff, as you guys can imagine. But uh, before, let me remember to leave on the comments what is your take about the how we can empower more and bring more diversity to sim racing. But please be cordial and respectful to everyone on the chat. You know, everyone is entitled to have a different opinions, and even if you don't like it, just leave the opinion like let's be but please be respectful to everyone so when it comes to sim racing is no point we discussed why is normal females what we need to discuss is why exist barriers that is the main point we don't need to point why it don't exist because people are abc no we just have to break that barriers and know what we can bring more because sim racing is a small little hobby and small little niche and i think more people come with different opinions more variety gonna have and that variety will as we see will bring more uh, deals better better companies more games more it's better for everyone so it's no point we go on why this exists and why this does not exist so let me just read in here and First of all, we can always see why sim racing don't have more females, and I think that came a little bit from the social part, as Ash going to talk about. She's going to talk about something that is really crucial, but I will bring other factors from the society that probably we forgot to mention. And one of them is, for example, story from family, as she used it, I will use too. One of them is why women don't drive more on daily basis, and I will remember one thing that was always common was my mom go to pick up my fam my father or go with my father somewhere will be always my father drive and when she go pick him at work she will go out from the driver uh, position to the passenger for my father take the car back to home sometimes the drive will be from five to ten minutes and that five to ten minutes sometimes is time 
on the final of the year, you know, 10 minutes every twice a day to 20 minutes will uh, take time that my mother will not practice and driving more. And of course, she after creates some types of, uh, I'll say fear, you know, she will not drive a motorway because she was afraid. Soon as she breaks the boundaries, now she drives everywhere and sometimes she drives from the main city to the capital of Portugal. So she's doing everything. And I, now I realize that with these small attitudes, we are blocking. I was blocking and my father was blocking my mom from driving a little bit more. And that happened even with my sister. So these small things, we don't see it so crucial until we start thinking about it and as soon as we start thinking about it, we see that we do it that and for example we can pick up as i want to give the example of football the, on the podcast a little bit more when we talk with ash is football female football just get i say it's getting there and it's getting very entertainment because they we start accepting first of all without uh, crucify and of course we are giving the the chances for they play with more and more more people play more the training more the evolution becomes you know and when arrive a time that i think gonna be we're gonna have probably a world cup mix you know with like i say six uh, males six males on one side and another side five females five females or six females six females from other side and vice versa so we know we never know probably we're gonna happen to do to bring more diversity to the football and i think as soon as we start playing or we start doing with bigger challenge we're going to evolve and that's is what we do it in games you know remember that probably as we have hours days months and summer of playing and playing so we are already developing our quality as a gamers and sometimes when they come and they are not fast enough on the on the first week on the second week just give time because the same time that a lot of us have waiting for our friends to develop that and probably my friends waiting for me to develop my skills we have to do it the same way to girls and we need to empower them on sim racing because they have a different point of view and believe me that different points of view are really important everyone see it on a different way and um, in terms of sim racing we have so many good content creators or so many good streamers uh, that they have a different way of approaching sim racing and different way of driving and it's quite funny because we learn a lot with them i can leave a couple of names as probably maria annabelle natalie decker Emily Jones and of course Ash Vanderlei. So a lot of them are really, really good and just given a time and stop uh, having barriers and please bring more females to sim racing as you need a little bit the touch of females on sim racing because you know they have a different way of seeing everything and sometimes or a lot of times is better than us. So you know, stop the toxicity and bring more females to sim racing. And let's stop waffle a little bit about it and let's bring Ash to the podcast. Thank you so much for being with me, Ash. Let me introduce you to the people probably that don't know you. I think going to be just 1% of the people that follow me that probably don't going to know who you are because on these days you are a little bit everywhere. But introduce yourself, please. Sure. Um, I'm Ash Vandele. I am a motorsport content creator, uh, influencer, whatever word we'd like to use. <laughs> Uh, I like to say content because I do uh, educational videos on motorsport, whether it's for yep. new folks getting into motorsports so just defining what a GT3 is, something as simple as that. And I also work with NASCAR, GT World Challenge America, and Red Bull Racing to produce content for them, host race watch alongs, and 
news recaps of the races on the weekends and just kind of I'm just more I'm just interested in getting more people into motorsport and as well as advocating for women in motorsport and sim racing. Yeah, that's part of our script for today. I think it's important. We talk about the power of the female on motorsport and how we've been so put down from the last years. And uh, I think the environment that we are around that. And that, now talking about the Red Bull, how, how was that? How, how grateful was going to Red Bull? Yeah, it's... It's interesting. So the Red Bull, if you think about Red Bull as a company, they do with their athletes and content, they do such an incredible job. I mean, they're always exactly. doing something different, out of the box, wacky, wild, and everyone's always watching their videos. So it's cool to be part of not only just the racing family, which I mean, I love motorsports, so happy, but also be part of that content family and okay. uh, just the athlete family. So yeah, they reached out, they asked if I was interested in joining, and I think they're one of the few, I believe Williams has some ambassadors that they're working with, Aston Martin, McLaren, but they're really focused on the esports side of things, like the yep. the F, Formula One yeah, game, F123. And uh, Red Bull's really focus, focused on both, don't get me wrong, they also have their esports drivers, of course, um, and... But I think Red Bull is one of the few who has like content creators. You have myself currently, Dirk Chocolate and Pondin, um, great guys who we all have like different strengths and uh, focuses that we love to do with our content, whether it's the sim racing side or interviews or behind the scenes stuff. So it's been very cool to work with them and get like kind of behind the scenes look at how everything works. Um, my interviews with Red Bull staff has been really cool because motorsports is a team sport. We only see the driver, usually maybe the team principal, some folks in the paddock. But I mean, everyone behind the scenes that you don't see back in the factory, it's been really cool to kind of meet them, talk to them, share their stories and things like that. That's interesting. It's, it's important that you talk about that what Red Bull has done with different content creators, not going only with uh, one way. Because mm -hmm. you, for example, talking about Dark Chocolate, it's completely completely different, uh, different ways of approach, different ways of communicate. So it's quite funny. All we, all when you guys do your videos are completely different. But anyway, in the final of the day, you see that it's a Red Bull video. So it's really nice to, to see that part. And ESL R1 in Munich, all that happened. Oh, gosh. I think when they first started streaming in the beginning of the year, I mean, I was just in the chat because for simply saying nothing like that has really happened or doesn't happen often. No. You see, so I come from like the Call of Duty viewer experience, and mm -hmm. those are those are League of Legends. Everyone watches those, and it's just like a huge arena. There's always people. CS:GO. We're all used to for like the first-person shooter games. Everyone's used to the big audience, but for some reason, I don't think we've ever, from time to time, like invited everyone in, had a big arena, had a big show, made it a big deal had host on stage. So I've kind of been watching from the beginning. I thought that was really cool what they were trying to do. And yeah, I think because I participated a lot, <laughs> I was just in the <laughs> chat a lot. Um, they asked if I'd be interested in being the pit lane reporter um, and in interviewing the drivers after the races and getting the stories in between and things like that. So I said, yes, I mean, Munich's great. I mean, uh, easy to get to Germany, not too, not too shabby. And it was cool to see all the sim racers that I'm, I'm so used to watching online or following on social media. So that was a really cool experience to see how much they kind of cared into showing sim racing in a different light mm -hmm. and kind of gaining people's attention. I know there's still some hiccups when it comes to getting a bigger audience for sim racing. I think there's a high barrier to entry, not just for sim racing. We know it's expensive, but also for watching. 
Uh, if you if you join in the middle of the race and you're not sure what's going on or what a balance of performance is, uh, I understand that might be a little bit difficult. But I think they're they're trying with people in the chat answering questions and just trying to make it a big something interesting to watch. And then we'll we'll get you in the door <laughs> once you start watching. No, I agree with you when you're talking about it's, it's different when you look for a sim racing watch along or you look for a motorsport. It's it's completely different. And I think when sim racing try to emulate uh, a race like 24 hours, for example, I think people just see the, the first 20 minutes when going to be the chaos, when something's yeah. going to happen, and after the last minutes. Uh, and I think with, with ESLR1, it was completely different because the races was em emotive. And the way that they make that championship was a no-ending. So we was already expecting that James Baldwin will win. And suddenly everything changed. You're going to have more three races. So even for, for you guys that are talking about the races, that isn't emotive. It's completely different from what we are used to go. That is just one race and that's it. I think it's, yeah. it was completely different. It was, it was new. I think it was, it was the, I, I, I say it's different. And even now when they went to Riyadh, it was again three days. It was always really good to ever watch along on the side and uh, different people because on Minik you have you, you have um, other content creators there and everyone was giving their different feedbacks, different races, different persons talking. So I think it was really, really nice. And I think they are going on a good path, but yeah, still needs a little bit to evolve, as you say, something there that we need to change to captivate more people. But what do you think is missing on that captivating? What do we need to do to bring more people to the watch longs? That's a great question. It's again when you like when you watch a Call of Duty. I'm just going to say Call of Duty. It's the one I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's I know. It's, 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 it's true. <laughs> it's, it's Call of Duty. It's Dota. It's uh, League of Legends. Yeah. Is is what he is. When you when you just watch Call of Duty, you understand the score is five three. The maps <laughs> like you as soon as you can log in in the middle of any match at any time and understand what's happening. You yeah. have to shoot the other team murder all that whatever the map is you just have to win the map <laughs> and uh, that is pretty easy to explain for someone who's never watched call of duty for ex i like to use my parents for an example because my parents still don't okay. know what twitch is <laughs> you know how parents are of technology and everything so if i sat my <laughs> I dad down i know or my mother down and i was like this is call of duty they have to capture the flag they have to search plant a bomb for search and destroy they have to destroy the other kill the other team my mom would be like okay like i understand i'm not going to enjoy it <laughs> but i understand this very easily if i put my mom in front of a sim race i said okay now they're driving different cars but there's something called the balance of performance and like some people think that's not fair what's going on but then you have these drivers who they're not equal equipment and kind of explaining especially if it's like a multi-class race in a 24 hour mm -hmm. And you have to explain what a GT3 is, a GTP. They're like they're first in their class, but they're not first in the race. And it's 18 hours, but we got we got a lot. More. We've got six hours left, and anything can happen. Um, and anything can go wrong. Technically, someone can crash out. Someone misses an apex. That's just like a, a little harder, even for real life racing, for folks to explain. Yeah. Which is where I think the educational piece comes in, because I think a lot of sim racing when I started. A lot of folks were already were just really good naturally, or they've just been sim racing for a long time. If you think about all the content creators, and it's almost intimidating, and sometimes it could be a little toxic. Sure, there's people that come in and they're like, "You're terrible at driving," and I was like, "I'm having a good time, and I'm learning, and that's okay. Like, I don't have to be yeah, good at exactly. everything, which is fine. But I'm also learning how to do this, and there's and the immersion, I, you know, the fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure, 
it'd be nice to win, but it's also I'm hanging out with my community or I'm racing with my friends in Discord and some of us are going to have a good race, some of us are going to have a bad race. Like it just happens like statistically, it's going to it's going to be okay. And we've all needed to learn something at some point. So, sure, I'm a I'm a little bit older and I haven't sim raced for ever since the past right <laughs> growing up. So, I have a little bit more to learn, a little bit faster uh like a things I have to do to catch up. But I think it's getting that educational piece out and being like, hey, this is what this is. Because everyone plays Call of Duty because that's easy to pick up. So I think the educational aspect of sim racing and motorsports, just to get people to understand what's going on, um, is a is a big key to it. Because it seems like we kind of skip a lot of steps in assuming what the viewer knows, especially the casual viewer. Yeah. yeah but you're talking about something. Is it, If we think about... Uh, for example, when when I was a kid, it was Counter Strike before Call of Duty being been famous. The evolution on the games exists, but on on that type of games, the evolution is quite more graphic, or the um, type of uh, type of uh, guns or whatever you're gonna use. So in terms of sim racing, the evolution been very very big and quite quite big on these last two years. Uh, oh, three years ago when I get a Trustmaster, Trustmaster was for the price was one of the best things. Now, if you get a trust master from the same price, you are getting robbed because don't go so near what Fanatec is, is delivering for half right. of the price. So, you know, and the evolution on the games is completely different. I used to play Gran Turismo 2. Now, when I go play Gran Turismo 2, I can't play because the car's turning on different ways. So it's such an evolution. It's, it's different games if you're comparing with the Counter-Strikes with albums. But let me ask him about sim racing, about all, all your point of view about sim racing yeah. and the future. In terms of sim oh, racing, what is... Sorry. Oh, sorry, no, okay. In terms <laughs> of sim racing, what is your uh, point of view? What do you think about the evolution? Sure. Gosh, that's a, that's a hard question because I, I think we obviously want to see more people sim race. It's just, it's, it's, it's fun and it's yeah. as close as... I'm ever going to get to, to ever being in a GT3 car, right? Like I'm never going <laughs> to race one. Me neither, never. Um, and I, I know iRacing has the Mercedes W14, W13? I yes. forget which yeah, one. I think, they, I think they have the, the last four versions of uh, the oh, Mercedes great. F1. So that's yeah. the closest I'm going to get to driving a Formula One car at Laguna Seca for fun, you know, and then uh, throwing exactly. it through the corkscrew. So I think it's fun, and I think it could be a great educational tool. Um, I keep seeing educational tool. I keep seeing the word education because a lot of people come in, for example, during my NASCAR streams who watch me for Formula One or IMSA, and they're like, oh, they're they're just turning left. We all know those jokes. But if you go in iRacing and you try to compete in ovals, you will realize it's not just turning left. You can just jump in. You don't have to seriously compete. You just try it, and you realize that Agreed. that's not that Agreed. easy. But you have to sit in there and turn the wheel left and then realize you're not constantly full throttle. You're not constantly just turning left. It's not that, like, especially when you're pack racing, suddenly you realize how, how different it is and why certain drivers like Max or Sabin and Dan Ricardo have said they don't want to do ovals because that's crazy. <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> um, so yeah. th their, their words are more into context when you just put yourself in the seat and try it a little bit in the sim. So would love to see more people in sim racing. That educational aspect is super important. I know it's just a high barrier to entry. It just costs a lot. It just does. And I understand there's the arcade sims, for example. You can use Controller, Forza Horizon 5, Gran Turismo. And 
and do it very casually. F-123 supports controller. So definitely in, you can enjoy it that way if you so wish to. I know a few people who do iRacing rookies only on controller because that's all they have, but they really just want to try iRacing and hang out with their friends. But it's just a high high cost to entry, and it's very frustrating because Call of Duty CSGO, you just need your computer and a controller or mouse and keyboard, and that's pretty easy. Same thing with IRL motorsports, right? Think yep. stick and ball sports or soccer is super uh, popular, especially in the United States, baseball, football, et cetera, just because you can just go to any store, pick up a baseball for whatever it costs, and a glove, or pick up a football and throw it around. Get a soccer ball and just kick it around. Anything could be a goalpost. It's just called a day, yep, but it's, it's true. Motorsports, you didn't need a go kart, all that stuff. So, unfortunately, high barrier to entry, but we are seeing more people hopefully pick it up more casually too, and I think that helps a lot because a lot of people I said like they're they're very good, and it creates a community where everyone's like, oh, these are such the best. These people are so good, but like you can also be it could be a hobby. You can sim race once a week with your friends on the phone just to hang out and catch up. You don't have to be good. I racing does that okay. for you, right? You, you have put in your lobby depending how many races you win your safety rating your eye rating things like that so i think if we if we lower the cost and we kind of make it more casual and less daunting to join um you'll we'll get just a little bit more inclusive on just skill level alone i think would be a huge success yeah, but you think that we in terms of sim racing is now opening the doors for the motorsport if we check that part i think now is a lot of more easy for sim racers to jump on motorsport or you still have a big bar bar barrier? I think there's still going to be a big barrier money-wise. It's all about sponsorships, being able to pay your way to go into a race, into a race car, things like that. Regardless if it's a GR86, because you still need a lot of money to even just race in the GR Cup. Uh, and forget about GT3s and Formula 1. You, you need a ton of cash, whether it's sponsors. So that uh, sim racing cannot help you with 100%. But skill-wise, there's a ton of folks who've sim race and jumped to IRL racing. And sure, it's not just sim racing. It's not one-to-one -one identical, but it's pretty close. Okay. And I think it's one of the few sports I'm, try I'm trying to think very quickly before I say something. But people will comment if they disagree with me. So they'll, they'll help our viewership ratings for this podcast. Um, <laughs> I can't think of any other sport. Like Madden, like you, that's not the same as football. NBA 2K, it's not the same. FIFA isn't the same. Uh, it's, it's nothing. It's not. Uh, it's not I don't nothing. Know if anything. I, I don't know a, a type of game that you need to use your skills that you can have to take them the skills from Wii what tennis? you learn on the game to the real life. No, even probably yes, yeah. But if <laughs> you play bowling, tennis, you're gonna play. Yeah, you just you're gonna <laughs> play Wii, but you don't have the weight. Yeah, it could be. Probably could be in terms of movement, but but Maybe. no, I don't I don't I don't I see any type of uh, I don't see any type of of uh, of sport that you could do it and do it on the virtual world and adapt a little bit. But you think that yeah. even the motorsport uh, racing drivers are now using more the sim racing as uh, training, or you don't see that because we see Max Verstappen using a lot the the, the sim, ra sim racing for training yeah. and to adapt himself. But after you have uh, Lewis Hamilton on the other side, the old school of racing that, or like Sebastian Vettel, they say, no, I don't want to have nothing to do with, uh, with sim racing. So why that? Why they don't agree? What do, you, what do you think is missing there? I think Max is, a, is an outlier. I think he just loves to race. Okay. This man, on, like he is, I want to race, and that is it in my head. Yeah. I need to sleep, eat, and race, and that's all he's thinking about. So If he sleeps, I, because we don't know if, if he, he sleeps. sleeps. 
Anthony just <laughs> loves racing know. regardless of what kind yeah. it is. I mean, him was it him and Alonzo um, during Monaco, the post-race conference? They're like, hey, the Indy 500 starting. We have to go watch. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was so fun. They just love racing. Uh, yeah, and I think sim racing is definitely seen more as a hobby sometimes. Uh, so maybe they're Lewis Hamilton or whoever, not saying they dislike sim racing because they go in the sim to practice and train, especially when they do updates to the cars, they put them in the sim in the factory. Um, and I know you have to sign an NDA if you are going to jump into anyone's in any F form F1 team simulator, just because they design it specifically for their car and what they're doing, you'll have to sign something to make sure you don't go tell everyone what the setup is. Um, and I know for Fanatec GT World Challenge America, when I've interviewed a lot of the drivers, uh, some of them, especially GR Cup or TC, uh, TC America, who've never driven some of the tracks that we go to during the calendar year, they'll go on the sim so they can learn the track. And Yeah, I, uh, I have that too. I interview, yeah. Yeah, I interview one of the guests and it was the same thing. He said that uh, before he jump on the track, he take it one week that he goes just driving and get used to the breaking points, just for the breaking points to learn where you need to break. And after to adapt because you say it's not the same, but is the the most close you're gonna have on training. And after when they arrive there, you jump. And uh, and even for traffic, a lot of them they use i racing to get used yeah. to traffic maneuvers. That's quite interesting to adapt themselves to to go around and to that, that's quite quite interesting. And uh, in terms of sim racing, on your part, what's your favorite? Oh, I'm currently doing the GR86 a lot, the uh, buck kicker cup okay. for the uh, Toyota. I want to be, I, I jokingly say I want to be the GR86 queen. I just think it's a fun zippy <laughs> car and I, I gosh, I don't know. I just really enjoy it. I enjoy the tracks it goes on and I think it really forces me to focus on the basics and nail those down very well. Okay. So when I do race like the GT3 at Daytona for the Daytona 24 or do any of the other iRacing special events for the GT3, of course, different car, but then you're like, okay, I understand what's going on with the oversteer, understeer. I understand what's a little bit, a little bit more fine tunely for the basics and okay. then I can get a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I've just been enjoying it. It's a nice, nice pace comparatively to everyone doing the road cars. And you don't get, I mean, you do get murdered as much, but I mean, there's no, there's no GTP trying to murder you on every apex because it's just okay. one, <laughs> just one type it's of just, it's just the same yeah exactly everyone's no, driving a g36 uh, <laughs> exactly it's a little bit and when it's the same type of car like the mx5 a lot of people like like to enjoy the mx5 cups or yeah. the clio cups too because it's the same type of car it's just based on more on the skill than uh, on different types of of car and the balance of performance and the other categories so you focus more on only on actual race and not go around and take care. But now uh, on the script that I sent you, we will talk about the power of women on sim racing and motorsport. And that is what I want to focus with us. So what is your point of view in uh, the part of females in sim racing? Uh, that there should be more. Um, and then everyone's going to be, be more. like, <laughs> but it's the same. I know. I, I agree. Question. I agree. I agree. The same question think, with women in motorsport too. Yeah, it's, and you uh, think in terms of sport, uh, even motorsport, you think that barrier should not exist because it's, n it's a physical sport, but it's not the same thing as you play football or uh, uh, basketball, uh, females against males. So why that barrier still exists? Because I think in terms of women's size for motorsport, they are more light. So they're going to mm -hmm. be, uh, gonna be, how are we going to say, helping on the balance of the performance of the car, you know, because you can always put more weight. So I think they already proved themselves they are fast. They have the queen of uh, Norse life that was 
lady, you have a, you have a girl now in NASCAR that is going, going and killing a, a lot of guys. So what's missing? What we should do more to promote more females? Sure. I mean, similarly to a lot of video games when I was growing up, I mean, it's just, it starts from the very beginning systemically, right? My, maybe this is the way my parents thought, but I think this is an easy trap to fall into where I was climbing trees and my mom would be like, girls don't climb trees. What are you doing? Girls don't, you're supposed to sit, your brother's supposed to climb, your, your brother's allowed to climb trees. You're supposed to sit down here with me and like go on the monkey bars or something, you know? So, um, it just starts like that. So it's like, oh, my son wants to go go in the go-karting. I'm going to put my my little girl into something different. Um, and it starts like that. And then I've talked to some fathers and mothers who've put their daughters into go-karting. And they, they've they heard, I mean, let's say they're the, their daughter's the only one in the go-karting race. They'll hear fathers tell their sons, don't get beat by a girl. Or like, make sure you make sure you pass her or like, make sure like, it's just like these things that are still stuck in our heads as a society, like that gender in sports. And to your point, um, yeah, I think, yeah, motorsports is physical, but a car doesn't care if you're a man or a woman, right? A a car just cares what your breaking point is. (laughs) You drive the car, regardless of how you do it. And I think that's, it's one of the few sports, again, that, I mean, gender 100% does not matter regardless, because... It just depends how you drive the car and how you prepare or train yourself, etc. So, um, I agree because we have put when the you have, uh, for example, Raleigh, you know, Michelle Monton, when she went head to head with the same car against the best, she won. Of course, it, uh, it exists always lucky when you win a championship, you know, depending if the other ones are not performing well. But on that year, she was the fastest. She won a, a lot of rallies and she kicked the head from everyone around. So I think when they have the chance, they've improved themselves and they've been showing that they are capable. So I don't understand why, why we don't give the chance because there are so many great drivers outside and uh, they don't have the chance. And in terms of sim racing, the same thing. I don't see um, people promoting sim racing uh, girls and so a lot of girls. They are really fast. They are really fast. They adapt themselves mm-hmm. really well. And I don't know why. We have this mentality. So what do you think we can break? How can we break the mentality of the next generation in terms of females in sim racing, for example? Sure. I mean, it's just having these conversations and understanding. Like, So if you're listening to this conversation right now and you're like, oh, that's a good point. I mean, if you if you know someone who's younger or just, I mean, someone who's um, a woman and you're they're like, hey, I'm looking for a new hobby. What are we doing today? I mean, nieces or nephews, you'd be like, oh, like jump in my sim break or like, let's play this video game. Because when I was a kid, if the first inclination as a girl, my my siblings, excuse me, my family wouldn't be like, hey, play video games. That was given to my brother. The inclination for me was like, come hang out in the kitchen and talk with the other and talk with your mom or like come hang out with us and like go play outside and do something else. My brother was given the video games because well, the boys went downstairs and played video games. Um, that's just what it was. So like just, I don't know, just do exactly what you would do with your, your sons or nephews. Just be like, hey, you want to jump in the sim rig? You want to try it out? Because kids are just naturally curious. I don't think they care what what you're doing with them, right? They just want to play and hang exactly. out with you. So just and put them in the break. Yeah, and if they have the options to start it as young, they're going to yeah. develop develop that. I have a, I have an idea, and I know that everyone gonna gonna say to me that I'm I'm crazy. But for example, the way that we are evolving in terms of sport, let's pick up mm-hmm. basketball. Um, uh, the WNBA is getting better. 
the, the, the professionals are getting better because they are uh, evolving faster than, for example, males was evolving because we had, had to adapt ourselves and all, a lot of the barriers that happen on the, on the basketball already been break. So technically, a female now have, is more easy because they already have an easy way to learn, is more ways of learning. So I think in five years or 10 years, probably, we're going to start having a mix uh, NBA with rules. I, I don't know why. I think that slowly, slowly, they're going to start incorporating, like, you have to have on the field the three male, two male versus two male. Two, oh, interesting. Sorry, sorry three, female, three females versus yeah. two males. And after uh, three males, you have always to have a mix. And, and I think the same is going to happen with football. Because if you see the football that was played on the 50s, as males was horrible. If you were looking now, you're yeah. going to see, and they was playing horrible because it was what they, they learn and what they have around them, the competitive. So I think as soon as the females on World Cup, that's getting very good. It's going, it's going now in Australia and you have a lot of people seeing the football is getting better. As soon as they start playing with better um, opponents, you know, and start challenging themselves, they're going to get to the level of some of the males professionals, probably better than a lot of the males professionals. So I, f I feel the same thing on motorsport. If we're still giving them the chances, I think not going or I think the woman uh, F1 is important, the F1 mm -hmm. uh, low category. But if they start going to the same levels on F2, on the sa same teams, I think they will be able to prove. I think they just need a chance and we need to give time. You, know, you cannot expect them on the first year or second year, third year, that anyone go and jump on a car and going to be the, the best. They're going to beat everyone. They need to adapt themselves and they need to learn not to adapt themselves. So I think on the next generation, I say five to 10 years, I think we're going to still start seeing a lot of mixed uh, sports. And I hope in terms of motorsport that females are going to be over. I think I want to see a female in F1. I think it's possible. I don't want to see one female in F1. The problem okay. is, here's the, here's the, oh, I, I say that because, right, the UFC wants to see more. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is, if you have one woman in Formula One, she somehow is now going to represent all women as example, like, for example, like Nicholas Latifi didn't represent all men when he was P20. He was just Nicholas yeah, Latifi exactly. and people said what they said. But if you have one woman and she does P21 race and then P15, then everyone's like, oh, women cannot drive, not Ashley Vandelay cannot drive, right? It becomes that she represents all women all of a sudden. And for some and it frustrates me to the point where currently women either have to be have to be very, very good, or it's like we're not considered. Like Haley Deegan, I think, is a is a great racer. And she's been really successful in SRX. And then in trucks, she's had a difficult season, sometimes gets dumped, sometimes does very well. So I think she's somewhere in the mid for the points. And I think that's great. She's beating out half the gut and half the men, and then she's right in the middle. But to a lot of people online, that's not good enough. Like, she's not that good of a driver. She has to be P1. It's like, why Why does she have to be P1? Like, why Why do we have to, why? Why can't we just race? Why can't we just be in there? <laughs> exactly. Why can't we just take up space? Yeah, but it's even on that. It's other thing that, what, for example, bothered me is if you have a, a female driver, I would like to see more brands dedicated to, to females supporting that drivers too. And you don't see yeah. them. They that brands are they often they go to other 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 ways of uh, supporting, but they don't support the driver uh, in a way that you support is that financial giving them um, sponsors to put on a car. So I don't know. It's missing something there. And in 
I don't know, I was missing something because there was one Twitter that I want to talk to you that you put on sure. when you went to spa. It was quite funny. It was when you went to spa, you put the, about the girls being uh, now this F1 uh, uh, fanatic, uh, girls go fanatic about the, the drivers and you, you, you're comparing the same way to Valentin Rossi. And before spa, I went with my wife to Brandach, was Brandach, and we felt the same thing was so many as soon as because it was the first podium as soon as he went to the first podium was people running to see Valentino Rossi and uh, I don't know I, I felt what you say what you mean that guys was like going on the knees like praying Valentino Rossi and it's the same behavior that you that you see on a female but after we on Twitter or whatever we go oh why you do these type of things when we do the same thing so I, it was quite funny it was really funny when you comment about that when and Christina was speaking about that one too, when uh, she saw everyone go so crazy about Valentin Rossi. And as soon as Valentin Rossi was driving, everyone was going and packed the truck, uh, went to see him driving, and men almost shouting and <laughs> go, Valentino, Valentino, as soon as he was passing. I think, come on. It was quite funny. Um, but what is your point of view about this female and out, this young generation of females are aborting F1 and all these? Uh, Twitch accounts and everything. What do you think about it? It's awesome. I mean, that's, f f women drive a lot of fandoms. I mean, if you think about music, if you think about art, a lot of women are the ones making up these the groups like, hey, let's get together and talk about this, leading it, making the purchasing decisions, buying the merchandise for groups. And obviously, Valentino Rossi, you understand he's a he's a goat of his own. We, we love Valentino Rossi. Oh, yeah, exactly. Why is it fair that men can go to soccer games football games scream their heads off insult players like make up these terrible like and I, I understand i've i've seen uk chants <laughs> during football matches <laughs> i know i know paint their faces go bananas but god forbid like a woman does it's just a different type of fandom and we celebrate our favorite athletes in different ways and we appreciate them in different ways now no way is completely right or wrong there are extremes don't get me wrong i understand from both sides of the fandom like you shouldn't be yelling terrible insults and you shouldn't be also sexualizing drivers and players too much but exactly um i don't both fandoms have their pros and cons like it's just we're just people like at some point we're just you just label them as the people but yeah women should be express their fandom in any way they want and i hate the notion oh my god you've started me on this tangent um, a lot of that the young flares like think the drivers are cute or whatever. It's like, great. Who cares? Awesome. And then they watch the race for two hours while the cute driver is wearing a helmet that they can't see him in. You've We've just won increase the viewership of your favorite sport. Therefore, your favorite driver is either going to get more airtime, more money, more sponsorship deals. It's just going to help the sport overall. Maybe we'll get better merchandise because people are finally buying it because they want to support your driver. I really just see 100%. positives all around and I don't understand why. Now, I, I agree because uh, I think people, f depending on the way that this, this new generation go and support, for example, a motorsport F1 with these, like you say, like these videos about this driver is cuter than that one or whatever, but that generates views and generate views, generate interest. And sometimes F1 will arrive to people that never would arrive if we right. was on the old mentality. And like you say, for example, my wife now have a, have a t-shirt from Red Bull, have a t-shirt, I think from McLaren. We just have Red Bull and McLaren. It's the only two that you have. 
And from? Yeah, and from Valentino Rossi, yeah. She was a big fan of Valentino Rossi. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you know, only now she started buying these type of, of t-shirts and she loved to use them and she loved to support. And more girls, more 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 videos we have of talking about F1 or about any sport, more we're going to get interested and probably going to arrive to more people that we will never arrive. And we'll do the same thing yeah. with sim racing. If if I have if we have a, a girl that's doing on the on on stream one time a week, just a little bit of sim racing, and then people are, go, oh, she's looking for, uh, I don't know, how these new people should say cloud for uh, whatever, mm-hmm. or what type of words you use just because of sim racing. I think, no, probably she's trying to look for something that will give her fun and probably is providing her because of viewerships. And, but you never know that, that probably from there, she's going to develop a dream of driving more sim racing and probably going to be good. So we never know. And then um, we are blocking probably persons or blocking girls of achieve something that they will achieve if, uh, if it was not blocking. So I don't know. I'm saying I'm speaking a little bit too much. <laughs> Sorry for that, but yeah, I don't, I don't understand why, why we block uh, girls on Twitch of doing uh, F1 watch logs or playing F1 or because yeah. it's fun. It's fun. Uh, I it's think just, it's, it's, it's the same thing as anything, just more inclusive spaces for, I mean, uh, all the genders represented, but then you have uh, mm-hmm. races represented. I know there's been certain incidents and races of showing definitely racism and things like that. And that should not be tolerated whatsoever. And opening those doors to all kinds of fans, religions, genders, creeds, etc. You have just a more, just such a more cohesive fan group where you have creativity, where you have people who are showing you things or teaching you things about your sport in a different lens that maybe you never thought about. Um, I follow different creators of all kinds because they talk about different things because everyone's watching the sport in a different way. So you're like, oh, that's cool. I never thought about that. And the more people you bring in there, just the more you realize like uh, different things about your sport or different ways to think about certain things. And if it's not the way, if you watch something, you're like, this isn't for me then you just move on to someone else, the option. Um, I think everyone's just state their opinion on the internet extremely. So it's just, just yeah, let people it's, be it's enjoy easy, the sport know? as they want. It's, it's, it's easy wild. for everyone to go on the internet. I will never <laughs> understand for, people who do that. Yeah, it's easy for people going on the internet and having uh, saying whatever they want without facing the consequences, no? Because yeah. a lot of people, they speak what they have, what they want, and then... But in terms of that, how are you dealing with the negativity that uh, any of your videos receive or every one of your streams receive? Um, I don't see those people in the bank when I cash my checks, so I really don't care. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I don't. No, that's, <laughs> Not my that's, problem. That's true. For, yeah, <laughs> just... that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, I don't, for example, because I, I, I started out doing the podcast more on audio. So and on audio is easy. I don't receiving any negativity or positivity because mm. you, I don't see nothing. I don't see. I just see the views, and that's it. I don't, uh, of course, you can see a little bit from the retention uh, where where the podcast right. went a little bit more down, or but I don't see any negativity. Now I start doing the videos on um, online, and um, my YouTube is a little bit all over the place, and I'm not very good on YouTube. I'm, I'm honest. I still need need to understand. I think it's not the quality of the videos. Yeah, but I think I need to understand how it works the algorithm, probably how to put my voice. But because I'm dealing now with the chemotherapies and everything, my voice sometimes go, sometimes it's very deep. The other day is very narrow. Uh, some days I have more difficult to breathe, so I speak a little bit different. So it's quite difficult to balance a little bit everything. 
But I put a video and thank God YouTube block automatic. So I was speaking and uh, yeah. we were speaking about, I think the person asked me, oh, uh, everything good, whoop, everything was well with your cancer and everything. Straight away, I, I have three comments of people uh, comment about the, the cancer and the automatic YouTube because it was a negative comment, block it. And yeah. uh, give me, uh, ask me if I want to accept it or not. And uh, I say, okay, block is block is block. But negativity was straight away. So on the video that had um, 85% of retention, that was good. A small video, podcast. And uh, okay, don't have so many views, but the views that was there was really good. And I have a couple of likes. The, the only negativity was people coming and comment about my cancer or about um, why uh, why you look uh, so sick. For example, now I don't have hair on the, on, on, on the eyebrows and everything. So I'm expecting now the next comment going to be, oh, if I was you, I would shave your eyebrows. <laughs> I'm, I'm already expecting. So <laughs> that's why when I make my videos, I always, I don't show my, my hair because it's a little bit, I'm going to say, uh, are we going to say, Christina, I always can explain about the hair. It's a little bit all over the place, you know. So it's just falling down from some some er some areas. Mm -hmm. So it looks like I have a, a, a island on the middle of the air because it's going up one part and other parts are going up. It's a little bit weird, but I was expecting already if I, because uh, Christina said oh, you need to put your head. Because if I want to put without my head, automatically you're gonna have some guy or someone that's gonna come with a negativity. That's why I'm asking how you deal with that negativity because I've been a, been a little bit difficult to deal with the negativity on my part. I don't know, I think more people don't understand or people is taking this one on a different way. So I don't know how to deal with that yeah. negativity. That's why I'm asking how you deal yeah. with that. So anyone who insults someone's appearance, that's just like the lowest level. In, like what? that's not creative. That's not like, I don't know. It's, it's just such a low bottom of the barrel. You couldn't think of anything else to insult me with because either my point is right or you're just like, I made you think about something differently. Like you, mm -hmm. you're not listening to what I'm doing. Like you just looked and you're like, this is the easiest thing that I can think of to be rude and mean. And if your first inclination is to mean, to be mean, type something rude. I just ignore that. Cause who, who does like, who does that? Like who, who is not a child who has, who goes to therapy? <laughs> like who does that? That's ridiculous. Especially for you battling cancer. I mean, that's disgusting. Who, who does that? So, uh, but a lot. A I'm lot. so sorry you go through you know, that. It's no, ridiculous. it's okay. Uh, I think was uh, the most funny was Reddit. So I put the podcast on on Reddit, and I went to all the channels of mm -hmm. Reddit, like the Grand Turismo community, and I said, "Look, I'm doing a podcast." And I started this podcast because I was getting very sick. I was at home, yeah. and uh, I didn't have nothing to do. And uh, I say, "Okay, let me do something with my life." Uh, my wife said, let's go do a sim racing channel because you love sim racing. Why you don't invest? Even if you don't have any success, at least you are doing something. And that's that was yeah. the, the beginning. And we started with a microphone on a desk where she make all the makeup. <laughs> I take all the makeup away. <laughs> I said, this is my desk. And I started doing that. And uh, now we, we sign a contract, uh, some agency or uh, yeah. I, I don't know what to explain very well. And we have a lot of cameras, microphones, and a lot of good things coming. And it was a big evolution and was is good. But when I went to Reddit and I put that to an automatic, my channel from Reddit was blocked. 
because people <laughs> people comment. I don't know how they can manage, but they block my my Reddit, so I need to create a new Reddit because my Reddit was blocked. And when I yeah. was putting, okay, guys, support this one, a lot of people saw no, or you are looking for uh, the word cloud. You are looking for mm-hmm. cloud from your from your cancer. Say so, no, I'm just explaining that I have cancer from my appearance, and in case of you see me a little bit. One day sick, one day more yellow, one yeah. day it's just one day with hair, one day without hair. It's just because of that. And it's a way of me talking about something that I'm jumping because I'm doing sim racing and I'm doing this one because it's what happened in my life. I was cooking as because I was being a chef, professional chef. I was as a chef. Of course, you will not be here speaking about uh, cancer. I was speaking probably about chef and, and sim racing. I was uh, so I don't know. I, I, I really don't know how to support myself on that, uh, how to break that uh, bad comments and how to actually break that part of uh, the community. That's why mm-hmm. I don't do stream. Uh, random call sign come to my home. Uh, I think you met him in Munich. He mm-hmm. was one of the content creators. So he came here to my home because really I live quite near him, around half an hour around London. So he came to my home. He programmed everything for the Twitch. But I'm afraid of jumping on Twitch because of that. Because I know that automatically I'm going to jump. And I'm not going to be a day that I'm going to be with hair or I'm going to be more weak uh, turning the wheel. You, you know, because some days I think the community is going to be always jumping around. And I am i don't want to press from that one. I don't, and I don't know how to break that one. And I think that probably blocked me of getting better content creation or doing better yeah. content. So... That's why I'm asking you how you break everything, how you, how you manage to break that and separate that negative part of the internet yeah. and make your content. You're always going to get, that's, I have no, I, like, this is difficult because there's, you're always going to get bad comments regardless. You'll always find new people yeah. to block, whatever it is. Uh, the thing that really helps me is one, I get messages from either mothers or fathers being like, hey, I love watching xyz when you're on and i i show my little girl like hey like look at the streamer she's talking about motorsports because just viewing that it's like oh my parents watch a woman talk about motorsports like mm-hmm. that's normal like when you put on women's mm-hmm. sports at the home your kids just like oh women play sports this makes sense like obviously um so those messages help a lot and then even if it's just a small community i have a few people come to me being like hey i really just want to sim race and hang out with the community but I either been made fun of because I'm so bad or like no one's willing to teach me or I just get completely like terrible comments because I'm bad. And I appreciate your lobbies because one, someone's teaching me, no one's making fun of me, no one's insulting me just for enjoying to sim race and just trying to learn. Uh, so stuff like that. It's just if it's one person just who might reach out, someone might also be going through something and they realize sim racing means a lot to them. And they'll be they'll listen to your story and be like, oh wow, that that makes yeah, sense. Could or be, that helps could me be, a lot. Could be. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I speak this one with Christina and don't know how to break that uh, that part of that the mentality. content creator. And yeah, I, yeah exactly. My yeah. best advice is I, like you just have to do it. And if once you start and you're like, I really don't like like I can't. I just it's your stream. You block whoever you want to block. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's, the that's best true. That's part. true. I do <laughs> that's not true, care. That's true. That's true. That's true. And then, like you said, in the final, I was always thinking that, but I don't know. Sometimes these some some comments, even I see on other content creators, principal more on other content creators. Sometimes I see comments mm-hmm. that are so so sad. And uh, like you say, because everyone have a bad day. 
Some people can be very yeah. fast in one day and next day they can be bad. And you saw Max Verstappen the other day, uh, someone put him out and he go completely ramped on a GT3 uh, cars and are racing and he take the other guy off the track because he gets upset. So everyone have a bad day and, every, and everyone have some bad racing days. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> I need to break that and probably I need to get more confident on, uh, on sim racing to jump onto, on Twitch. Because I think it's just yeah. the, probably the next level. Because I think podcast is doing very well. And uh, you have such a... I'm so grateful for having so much people. Now I have opportunity to talk with, talk with you. We talk with a lot of people. I read some people from Red Bull that was working on the, on the cars before as engineers. So it's going there more, more than I was expecting. But I just need to, like you say, click out that bad negativity of uh, of the people and jump to the next the next way. You can just Not... slowly start, yes. maybe without a camera. Yeah. A lot of people do, or just participate in chat and see how it goes. Because yeah, I also yeah, really it's, truly it's what believe I'm doing. your community is a ref reflection of you. You mold your okay. community, so you're going to find supportive people. And if that's like what you encourage in your community then you will get that community. I'm very, okay. I'm pretty, I would say I'm pretty strict compared to other like sim racers and F1 motorsport streamers um, about negative talk and things like that. You can dislike someone, but just be respectful about it. Like we're not, we're not going down this whole rabbit. Like, I don't care what your opinion, like whatever, just keep that to yourself. You can be like, oh, I really dislike Max or Sap. And I'd be like, great. And I'll be, and can, maybe I'll ask why. And then they'll be like, oh, I think he's a little aggressive. And I don't like how, he, I mean, when he races, it's okay if he pushes someone off track, but when someone else races, he complains about it. I'd be like, that's a valid point. Thank you so much for sharing that. Like, now we move on. Everyone. Now we're done. <laughs> that's it. Now, we're know, all done uh, here. When you talk about that, when everyone, I, I, I remember one thing because I grew up seeing Schumacher because uh, I'm 30, mm -hmm. 34 years old, so Schumacher was the, the driver on that time. And I, Everyone talking what, now what Verstappen is, but it was the same thing that was Schumacher or when he was winning, you know. So a lot of the comments that that we see now, we are, I already hear them before, you know, in different ways, you know, it was more at home because my father was speaking or some colleagues would say. So I think the, that, that type of comments is, is the same one and everyone going to always have a, a favorite and when I always focus more on, oh, this is my favorite driver and whatever it's going to touch him, whatever you're going to say against him is bad. Uh, you, you know you know what I mean? Yeah. It's always like this. When I say it's, it's always our woman side, so our our ways of being. To finish the podcast, I go for some fire questions. Are you ready? Something really, really simple. No pressure. <laughs> no, I'm ready. Nah. Ready? So to start it, NASCAR or IndyCar? Ooh. Oh, rapid fire. Oh, NASCAR came in my head first. Why? Why NASCAR? Gosh, it is so good. And I wish more people knew about it. It's just like a different kind of racing. It's so dramatic. There's so much going on between each of the drivers, their history. Um, I mean, there is a lot of history in NASCAR, which is great to see between the sponsors, the the start of NASCAR, how it got to where it, are, yeah. uh, where it is, excuse me, and where they race in these towns. This might be the biggest event of the year for them. And it's been, people have been working, volunteering at these racetracks generations in. I mean, Indianapolis Motor Speedway is a great example of that, that I met someone and she's like, yeah, my grandfather works here, my dad works here, and now I work here. And they're like, we all volunteer here and hang out. It's just as part of these communities. And the stories you can find out from people from 
watching drivers win, lose, and things like that. I think it's I think it's crazy. And also the racing's just insane. I can never go on an oval. Don't put me in an oval. GT3 car, I'm like, oh yeah, I can try that one day. But oval, like, uh, I think I think it's hard too. I think it's hard too. Uh, I remember uh, Philippe Albuquerque comment when uh, Elio Castro Neves was driving with him because he was driving for United Autosport on the same team. And after when uh, he went to see Elio Castro Neves the year that he won on Indy, and he said that he could not go, uh, we could not go on that car. He said that they are so brave. It's, it's so hard that we don't imagine. And now, talking about IndyCar, I have this question. It's a little bit difficult. McLaren or Alex Palou? Who do you think is correct? Ooh. Um, who do I think is correct? From yeah. what I understand of it, I believe McLaren is correct. <laughs> <laughs> because he's very confused. I have to ask it. Because he's really very confused what is happening. All of that, uh, what's going around, he's quite confused. Sim, in terms of sim racing... In terms of games, iRacing or Assetto Corsa? iRacing. Why? Um, personally, to me, it just makes the most... It feels the most natural. It makes the most sense. Like, I can... Okay. When I first started in sim racing, I was like, this feels like I'm driving my daily driver. I mean, I don't have... Okay. Driving a car. Like, automatically, I was driving it. I was like, this feels pretty good. And now it's learning all the breaking points and <laughs> everything right. after that, how that car handles. <laughs> But it, it just naturally, it just made the most sense to me when I first sat down in it. When I first started. Okay. In terms of hardware, what's your favorite hardware? Or sim Ooh, racing? I have I have no preference. I don't really know. I, I'm a I call really? myself a filthy casual. So any good hardware would be lost on me because I don't have those really finite good like skills you need to like make the hardware worth it to spend. Um so I have the Pro Logitech setup. I remember they gifted it to me for like a sponsorship post and I was like, Great, I'm good with this. This is my I, level of driving. I, I tried it. I tried it the other else. day, and I, I tried the other day, and it's quite in, quite surprising because Logitech was the first one. Like everyone, have the Logitech right. as the first the first wheel. I think was it's the good first. For me, yeah, for first wheel wheel. But the the Pro, I think was was is really good. I think if and if you could not live with type with type of hardware, you could not live. Oh, which type of hardware could I not live without? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. We can I break it into parts. Kind of... Let's let's break. Let's break first in sim racing. Sure, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, for so sim see. racing? Gosh, I really do think pedals make a big difference. I think if, when you when you first get yeah. into sim racing you need to update something. Like your wheels, whatever. I mean, you want to make it good, but I think your pedals are the biggest difference. If I can upgrade pedals every so often and things like that or keep those, I'd be that's probably the, the biggest one. Okay. And not to complicate it. Uh, if it was as a content creator, with type of hardware you could not leave out. Gosh. Is my phone too much of an obvious answer? Um, hardware. Honestly, probably... Ooh, that is hard. I was going to say lighting is pretty big a deal. Um, yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I didn't know nothing about lighting. Christina was the person that had been jumping and putting the lights Christina. working and everything. <laughs> thank you, Christina. <laughs> yeah, she's a little bit... It's uh, always she, like, photos. something crazy. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm honest... Christina is the, the queen on this type of things. Uh, sometimes I put it and uh, she starts saying to me, oh, it's too dark. Oh, we cannot see it's too dark. But uh, she knows all, all everything. Yeah, probably light. I think so. I think you're right. I think without light, we will not have a good uh, change completing everything. You yeah, it can your, make a uh, really... Background. 
Yeah. You're looking on your sorry. You're looking on your background. You have the like a purple blue light on the background. You have that wall. That, uh, so we have to adapt my background a little bit now, taking the DJ DJ stuff to, <laughs> to one corner, bring <laughs> bring the stuff on another corner, start putting some lights. So yeah, but it's, cool. you're right. I think yeah, yeah, it's it's coming. Christina was a little bit skeptic on the beginning, but uh, but yeah, it's coming. She's she's now now she's happy. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> Ashwin, I don't want to take you more time. I think it's almost one hour. I think oh. was what we agree. Thank you so much for for, Thank uh, you for having, having me. you. It's so fun. I know. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> Sorry if I sometimes I speak a little bit too much, but I get a little bit. I have so much. Not at all. <laughs> I have strong opinions, and uh, I think sometimes our opinions are not listened. And I, once again, I think we need to and. Um, power or or could be the world giving more power to females in sim racing and in the motorsport because it's such great talent uh, in both of parts and i think we just are dismissing them just to just like you say because it's girls or because uh, they're not going to be good drivers but i think i hope in five years we have ended this discussion and we have better conditions for females in motorsport and sim racing I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. You can always support the channel in a lot of different ways. First of all, if you see it on YouTube, on video, remember hit the like button, subscribe to the channel and comment. Leaving a comment to know what we are doing and what we can bring more to the channel is really important and let it help the engagement more on YouTube. If you listen as on audio, remember, just leave us a five star, being on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you know, you can always scroll up when you listen to the episode and leave us a comment to know how you are doing. and you know helping us to understand what we can do more for you and of course you can always join us on the patreon you know on the patreon we always share with games with cancer so it's really important that we help us to help the channel grow up and we can keep help games with games with cancer and you are always bringing some little goodies there so keep an eye open on what we have on the patreon and you can always use our affiliate links that you know you know race anywhere is one of them just scroll up where you listen and you're gonna have a link click on the link have a good on what they are offering and you know if you want to buy something buy from our affiliate link that will help the channel too First of all, thank you so much to Ash to join me. I know that she's been very busy on these late months and the late time. She was all the time going to come to Europe to do some work for Red Bull. After she had to go to GT Fanatec, she had to go a little bit everywhere, go indie. So thank you so much for she have a little bit one hour to join me on the podcast. And I really hope that you guys enjoy it. And, you know... Sometimes we're talking about our struggles and that is good to talk about our struggles with uh, Ash to understand how she's breaking that and how she's creating one of probably the best communities that we have on sim racing. For my part is everything. On the next episode going to be again a small jazz version with news, news and more news. And of course, after we're going to have MVH Studio from the UK, we're going to talk about what they are doing and what they're bringing to the sim racing game. See you guys. Thank <laughs> you.